Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the Harbor One hotline we go here on the Gresham Fourier program. The fountain of knowledge continues to bring forth expertise, analysis, wisdom, and so much more. Friend of the show, friend of the Six Rings pod. You've seen him absolutely everywhere. He knows everything when it comes to football. And on a show like this where someone needs to actually hold up their end of the bargain. Shut your hole. (laughs) He's always up for a little Andy Hart slander. Right, Mike Giardi? Well, Fitzy, it's always a pleasure to be joining you on the radio. Thank you. Uh, Andrew. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Hey, did you see, I just saw a couple minutes ago, Mike, um, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean just signed a big old extension up there in Buffalo. That's good news for them to have some continuity because they've been doing a great job for a long time. However, has anyone been able to bring about, um, I don't know, a, a resolution with this Steph Diggs situation that's that's been going on for a while? Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, there's been a variety of reports, and, of course, Steph loves to take to social media and tweet out um, cryptic messages about people not telling the truth, saying whatever they want to say. Of course, you know, there's one way you can fix that, Steph, and that's to stand in front of the media for the first time since before the season ended. Because he did not, uh, he did not do any exit interviews and tell people what's going on. Um, but it, it appears to be a twofold issue: one, um, usage, you know that that he felt like last year, especially late in the season, that they got away from using him as much as he wanted to be used. And I think the other part of it was, and we've seen the clip, Diggs yelling at Josh Allen on the sidelines in that loss to Cincinnati in the postseason. And Josh not really responding to him. I mean, not responding to him. Even at one point, not even looking at him. And I think that sort of led to some hard feelings there. So I think that's why when, when you heard Josh Allen talk, whatever it was a week or so ago, he mentioned, you know, some internal things, non-football things um, that we have to communicate better. And I think that was sort of circling that incident. And, uh, you know, it's just something to, I think, football fans in general, Buffalo fans, whatever, something to watch because, you know, I, we, I think we've seen over time those star wide receivers, they do tend to have a, a, a short, shorter lifespan 
you know, three, four years in one place. And I don't think I want to do this anymore. Start rubbing people the wrong way. So speaking about the Bills star receiver, transitioning to a receiver, I think everyone wants to be the Patriots star receiver. DeAndre Hopkins still out there. I have been dubious of this the whole time, but the longer this goes, the less options that seem to come to fruition for him. Should I start thinking about a reality in New England that includes DeAndre Hopkins as the Patriots' number one receiver? Yeah, I don't think it's far-fetched, Andy, because, Ooh. again, the the the, <laughs> the, the big thing that. for him, and I think we talked about this uh, on this radio program with you guys, or at least on your own radio program, about a month ago, was that he wants money. Mm. So the, the, the ring chasing, I mean, ideally, he'd like to be on a team that he could chase a ring and also get his money. But right now, the teams that expressed interest in him, Buffalo and Kansas City, you know, Kansas City thought they had a trade for him. And then OBJ signed his contract. And then he said, oh, why am I going to renegotiate my number way down when OBJ, who never plays, is getting $15 million guaranteed? Like, why should I go to, like, five guaranteed and then make it incentive late? No way. I'm better than he is. And he's, in my opinion, he's right. Mm. So that, that sort of quashed that. And then they turn around and go spend money on Taylor, the tackle, and give him a boatload of cash. Yeah. And that was sort of some money was earmarked for – for Hopkins in that in that scenario. So now all of a sudden they don't have any money. The Bills don't have any money. They they signed Leonard Floyd for seven, eight million dollars uh to once again try to bolster their pass rush. And look, I say all that, of course they can find the money. If they want to create fifteen million dollars in cap space, they can do it in about five minutes. But at this juncture it does not appear that they're willing to do that. So yeah, then what are the options? The options right now are the Titans and the Patriots, and I guess the Texans were involved, but, you know, um, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to swallow because if you're going there, what are you winning, four games this year? I, I don't know. You know, even though he wants the money, I don't know that that's, that's worth the, uh, the emotional pain. Yeah, that would be a reunion with money and a reunion with the frustration that he endured before he was traded away for, was it David Johnson in a second-round draft pick? Easily one of the more lopsided trades in recent AFC History, it's Mike Giardi on the Harbor One Hotline. Doesn't love doesn't love ownership either. Like so, you yeah. know, the Bill O'Brien stuff is we've documented, but there's there's a lot of stuff with ownership there. And I, you know, the the, the father died, but the son is running the team, and they're basically one and the same. So, yep. Uh, Mike, speaking of offensive additions to the Patriots, now we're flirting with the idea just because he's been out there for a while, and some people like Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN said they made some calls and. Said they spoke to said he spoke to a few people who said, "Hey, you know, why wouldn't the Patriots do it?" And Dalvin Cook himself, that's who I mentioned, said he mm-hmm. might be interested in playing wherever Hopkins goes. Now, now we're getting too great. Hoping for Hopkins is realistic. <laughs> Hoping for both. Now I'm getting greedy, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I think so a little bit because he's another one, and he came flat out and said it. Like at least Hopkins, it's you talk to people who know him and sort of know the situation, and we're evaluating him around the draft and the potential of acquiring him, and they were like. I think he wants money. Well, pretty clear he wants money. Cook's making no bones about it. Like, he wants 8 or $9 million. So, I, you know, I guess for a one year, if you were able to do that, maybe it's something you might consider. But in general, that's not a position that Bill shells out big dollars for. Um, and then, I mean, I get, he's a weapon. There's no question. Like, I think he's a really good player still. But I just when I see the money, unless he's willing to come way off the money, then I just don't know how that 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 would go down. 
Mike, I love describing positions for the Patriots as house of cards in the offseason. I did it with the offensive line a year ago, and ding, 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 ding. It was a house of cards that fell down. Uh, I think the cornerback position with Jack Jones is a house of cards, and the house of cards is outside on a picnic table, and the breeze is picking up. Is Jack Jones going to be on the Patriots this year? That's an awesome question. Ooh, I don't know awesome. that we know the I don't know that we know the answer to it, Andy. I think you're going to have to let the league legal stuff play out. And then look, the, the 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 league itself has been inconsistent in how they punish, and we won't get into the variety of things that we've experienced locally mm. when it comes to punishment. But I mean, even in these cases where there he he has a pending court date, um, do they say, "Look, man, you're not playing until that's cleared up," or do they say you can? practice but not play like what what's the what what's the league going to do about this first and foremost i think to me is is uh, an interesting one because like i said i don't feel like there's a great deal of consistency when they decide to um from park avenue adjudicate on these matters while there's still legalities going on i mean if you're the patriots maybe the simple thing would be you you got a four game in-house suspension you know like your practice um, what, what, you know, we'll try to jump ahead of the NFL, dictate the terms of this a little bit. Hopefully they sign off on it and then you can still plan your, or at least semi plan your future with him involved, um, depending on what happens to the court case for this season. Yeah, Mike, I've, uh, you know, you travel a lot. I'm not sure exactly how these things go for you when you get in. I'm sure you're TSA pre whatever. I, I, I get a little anxious with like, oh, you don't have to take the laptop out, sir. That's actually four ounces of face cream. You can't bring that aboard the airplane. Those are moments that fluster me. I don't think I've ever had two high capacity magazine handguns. No, seized. no, no. That um, the the his lawyer was very entertaining, and uh, she was a show her, in her. Yes, without question, she said a ton of words. She said them with a great deal of emphasis, tone, attitude. She didn't say one single thing that made me believe like, oh, we have the real answer here and you'll find out. I mean, she did say, obviously, I'm not going to get into this, but there was a lot of words and it was like, hey, look over here. I'm going to try to distract you from what's happening here. We're an NFL player with the bag that was his bag. And we now know that there was there's video of it. So there was no there's no um, in terms of when he gets to the airport, there was nobody who you know, went over and slipped a couple guns in his bag. No, it, it was his bag. He brought it in. He had control of it. It had guns in it. Um, so I don't know how you explain that away. I would say, though, as we, and I'm not, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I've talked to some. I, I still think there's a, you know, initially when I read it and saw it, I'm like, oh, he's, he's going to jail. Like, I don't know how he avoids jail. I don't think he's going to jail. I think it's going to get, I think it's going to get pled down somehow, some way, and, you know, whatever, pay a fine, be on probation, uh, whatever those sorts of things are. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just talking to some people. They think like, hey, this does happen. It's happened a fair amount with pro athletes, and if you start to go down the list of cases, none of those guys went to jail. So, Did he learn nothing from Pat's Patriot, past Patriots Corners and just say it's your cousin's bag? I mean, it's worked in the past for well, Now, basically, Andy, if I read right, he was with a woman. Um, so uh, is she not, I mean, not the foul guy, but the foul girl in this case, maybe she's the one who says they were mine. I made a mistake. It's not my bag, that. baby. Yeah, and, if she, <laughs> and if she doesn't have, like, yeah, obviously he has some past 
um, transgressions in his record. You could yes. say that, yeah. Clean. yeah. Yeah, if this person is clean, maybe they, you know, maybe it's even easier to make it go away. Like, all right, don't ever do that again. This is your fine. You're on probation, but they don't go to jail either. So, Mike, I um, on on Twitter and social medias today, you know, you get these uh, hot take audio clips, and the one in Patriot Nation today is Captain Obvious, I mean Kirk Herbstreet, saying that the Patriots' <laughs> offense is going to be better this year. Uh, I don't. I don't really understand why that got so much buzz. And he said, and and in the near future, Mac Jones will be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. He made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. <laughs> like yeah. I, I didn't. What After did seven Kirk guys turn it down? Tyler, and that's how he'll Tyler, make it again. Tyler, yeah, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. He right. threw two touchdown passes so, last year. Like why are we? I think we all agree. Just like we all agreed a year ago, it was likely Mac had a regression, and it was likely that the Patriots' offense would disappoint under the tutelage of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I think the entire world agrees that the offense will be better this year. So why are people getting all hot and bothered and happy that Kirk Herbstreet noted the obvious? Because they're desperate for six. I mean, you're talking about, and I know what you're, 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 because when I saw it, and then all of a sudden you see all the people that sort of retweeted it, or, you know, there's that way you co-opt the thing into your own. You put the video yeah. embedded mm-hmm. in your, in your tweet. We call that um, pulling a Dove Kleeman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is. The, he is. Uh, he leads the league in that. Uh, and and gets quite a bit of traffic from it, but um, yeah, I I I think it's just Patriot fans desperate for um, success and desperate for some good positive news and like oh everybody's talking about the Bills, everybody's talking about the Jets, everybody's talking about the Dolphins. Don't forget the Patriots. You know we won six Super Bowls. Yep, you did with Tom Brady. Jeez, you're living in with, the past, with, people. Living the present. Well, that's. I mean, I did. I mean, look, I, I'm not. I, I think that the, the last three years should have hammered home the point that at this juncture, you're just another franchise. Now, you still have Bill. And I think Bill's still a good game day coach, but as we're seeing some of this off-field stuff and some of the ways that uh, he is trying to appeal to, appease the younger modern athlete versus what we know Bill Belichick of 10 years would have done, 10 years ago would have done. Like, so I think he's sort of almost caught in between. So I think that's an interesting subplot to all that's gone on here the last few years. But you're 25 and 26. You lost your one playoff game by 30-plus points. Um, you spent whatever it was, $170 million in free agency a couple of years ago, and you got one star in Judon and one solid player in, in um, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Henry. So, like, and then what was the rest of it, you know? So I just – I think this team is better on paper. I think there's some certainly things that, to be excited about, but the Mac Jones, like, it, it damn well better be better. I mean, and it better be better by a long shot because you got a real coach, and, you know, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he was pretty good as a rookie, so I would hope that he gets to that level at least again. Mike, uh, as we look at all the other teams, you know, you say they – they're uh, an improved team. They damn well be better. The entire division is, seems like they'll have improved as well. Although there are issues with Buffalo and Steph Diggs, and now in Miami, their star receiver seems to be having some issues. His charges oh, yeah. are going to be pressed against Tyreek Hill, and the Jets are now quietly, after making all the noise they did around the draft, and of course in the acquisition of Donnie Darkness. Now Rogers seems to be okay. Had that little calf tweak in OTAs, and Boomer Esiason went on, our, as he does every morning, on our sister station down at WFAN, and he said 
it's reasonable to expect Aaron Rodgers to have one of the best QB seasons of all time, and throwing 50 or more touchdowns is should be on the table. Agree or disagree with Rodgers having an absolute stud season for the Jets, and should we be worried about it? Well, I think Rodgers is the type of person, and I think we've seen it, that he wants to, and it's similar to Brady, except for Brady it almost never waned, for Rodgers it has, but that like competitiveness and the finding of the, uh, you know, the chip on the shoulder, that whole narrative, and now that the Packers, you know, quote, quote unquote, gave up on him, which is ridiculous, he gave up on them, but neither here nor there, um, gave up on him, and now some of the guys on the team are like, Jordan Love's going to be awesome, and like, I just think he's going to take all of that stuff, and if he can remain healthy, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes scorched earth. It really wouldn't. I mean, we're talking about two years removed from being, at least during the regular season, the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I don't think he's fallen that far. I know last year was ugly, but like I said, his last year reminded me a lot of Brady's last year in the sense that I don't think Brady was fully in, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm positive that Rodgers wasn't fully in. So, um, And yet he still, for a subpar season, if you plug those subpar numbers into the Jets season last season, the Jets win three more games and they're in the playoffs. So the biggest story beyond Mac Jones, the offense, whatever, D-Hop, the comments coming out of minicamp and, and OTAs seem to be this idea that the Patriots' defense might be special. You know, there was the talk from Jabril Peppers and and sort of everybody about the unique athletes and the versatility, which I agree unicorns. with. Unicorns. Yes. Right. Porzingis. Mapu height train. Not the only unicorn in town, Porzingis. There's lots of <laughs> unicorns down in Foxborough. Um, is the hype ahead of the actual talent? Are they good enough? I mean, I got into a little Twitter beef with Mina Kimes about this. Like, she loves you're, their defense. Were, yeah, you were right. Are, are, should, yeah, yeah, you were right. Okay, thank you, Mike Giardi. Um, got the approval stamp. Did you approval. hear how much it hurt for him to it admit did. that you were it right? Pained. He pa- pained him <laughs> to say that. But can this defense be special? Can this defense be the reason that they have a? at least playoff caliber, even if they don't make it, a playoff caliber season, is this defense good enough to carry this team through, hell, a first month that you, you know, four good offenses right out the gates? They're going to have to, I think. I think it's still going to take the offense a little bit of time to get their footing. Um, Look, Bill still sort of sees the game the way he used to and still looks at that defense and says, you know, we can – we can still win championships with defense. I like some of the pieces. I, you know, the addition of Gonzalez again. Questions, you know, is he is he a hoop, super uh, competitive dude? You know, obviously, maybe you would have liked to have break him in a little bit slower, but the Jack Jones thing may not allow you to do that. But I would just say this: essentially, essentially, you're bringing back all the same guys from last year, right? I think uh, was it Reese who said they had the, the the least amount of turnover on defense, mm-hmm. or the second least in the league from uh, last year to this year. When they played good quarterbacks last year, and they didn't play very many, they didn't do well. So you look at this year's schedule, you look at the quarterbacks that are on the list, if those guys are healthy, when you play them, it's a massive upgrade in terms of the skill that they're facing a quarterback this year than they did last year. Now, I I still like this group. I'm I'm not trying to tell you they're not good. I think they are good. Whether they're great, whether they're this this uh, crazy thing that people are making it out to be right now. I'm not there yet because I didn't see it last year in moments against good quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar destroyed them. Kirk Cousins. 
Kirk Cousins, who's what, the 15th best quarterback in the league, 12 yeah. to 15? Yeah. He ripped them apart. Hmm. You know, they, they didn't – I checked out Rodgers. They'll beat them. I mean, obviously through the pick six to Jack Jones. But, like, so they, you, you start to look at that and you say, eh, you know, like Josh Allen toyed with them the first time. They were better against them the second time. But that was six days after DeMar Hamlin died on the football field and was brought back to life. That whole game was a blur for those guys. So um, I don't – they're good. But I, I, I'm not going to declare anybody great yet. They got to. They start stacking it up against these good quarterbacks. Then we have something to talk about because legitimately, when you look at the schedule, you say, "Holy crap!" There's barely any breathers in terms of the quarterbacks that they're playing this year. He's always a great guest on the radio, the Six Rings podcast, and so much more. Give him a follow at Mike Giardi on the socials. Mike, look forward to seeing you, talking to you again sometime soon. First round is on me, and because. Andy is such a cheapo, likely the second round will be on me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> appreciate that. Oh, thing. I forgot my wallet. Oh, that old gig. Okay, Have a great weekend, Mike. Yeah, Buddy, we'll see you too. soon, okay? Thank you very much. Yeah. Mike.